Today, I want to focus on the thought, run and don't look back. Ah, people of the internet, it's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett Long. And if you're listening to this when it is released on Sunday, August 23rd, then you recognize this is the Sunday morning podcast. And with the Sunday morning podcast, you know how it goes. By now, we have our, our time of fellowship and more worship in this setting. And... It's still something that's fresh to me. I'm sure you feel the same way if you're listening. It's not like you're having a service, but at the same time, you are, but you just can't feel like it is because it's different from what we're used to. And so we're going to work through those here in a few moments. And well, not today, but in the next few moments, I like to look at a lifetime as a moment. If you read the scripture, it says, you know, A thousand years is like a day in the sight of God and all that good stuff. And and we don't have time to explain ourselves. But uh, I just wanted to say that just in case I was trying to cover up for the fact that I really said a few moments. The point is, today is time for our service. So I ask you, uh, we're going to have the call to action here in a minute. And that will literally give you about a minute, maybe slightly over, to get yourself together. Get in place, get your coffee, your bagel, whatever you're going to do. And enjoy service. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, family. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of heavenly forces. My very being longs, even yearns for the Lord's courtyards. My heart and my body will rejoice out loud to the living God. The Lord is a sun and shield. God is favor and glory. The Lord gives, doesn't withhold good things to those who walk with integrity. Amen. 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 Welcome to the first virtual church on August 23rd, where you can be with us and we can be with you no matter where you are or what you are going through. What we believe. We strive to walk together in Christian love. We will strive to avoid a contentious spirit. We engage to watch over, to pray for, to exhort, and stir up each other unto every good word and work, to participate in each other's joys, and with your tender sympathy bear one another's burdens and sorrows, to be slow to give or take offense, but ready for reconciliation. When we leave each other, we engage as soon as possible to reunite and can carry out the spirit of this covenant both with God and each other. Amen. 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 This morning, opening song and prayer. All the way my Savior leads me is our morning song. Good morning. All the good morning. All the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask besides? Can I doubt 
his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide. Heavenly pray peace, divine comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know whatever befall me, Jesus do all things well. All the way my Savior lead me, here each winding path I tread. Give me grace for every trial. Feed me with the living bread. Though my weary steps may falter and my soul a thirst may be, gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see, I see. All the way my Savior lead me, all the, all the fullness of his love. Perfect rest to me is promised in my Father's house above. When my spirit clothed in mortal wings its flight to redeem the day, this my song, thus in this, in this age, Jesus leads me all the way. Most gracious Father, this morning we come. And we come this morning saying, lead us, God. Lead us this day, God. Strengthen us, O oh God. O oh God, help us to keep our eyes focusing on you, knowing that, God, that you're a great leader, knowing, that, God, that you sees all things. God, you knows all things, and you are aware of everything that's in our pathway. And we come this morning saying thank you. We praise you and we love you, God, because we can trust you to lead us and guide us and protect us. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for being able to gather together one more time. We thank you, oh, God, you watched over us while we slumbered and slept. We thank you for waking us up, oh, God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we just want to say thank you. We thank you for the prayer that's gone on, God. We thank you for Pastor Booth, God. We just thank you, oh, God, faithful as he come morning by morning. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, bless us all, God, as we come in, oh, God, trusting you, God, knowing that you are the only way. And we just said thank you this morning. We just praise you this morning, God. Bless the speaker of the hour, God. Oh, God, encourage him. Keep a brace to his back. Keep him, oh, God, as an apple of thine own eyes. Keep him, oh, God, trusting and dependent on you. Oh, God, keep him, oh, God. You knows every situation and every problem. You knows everything that come upon him. But, God, I know that you're able, and I know you will bring him out. We just praise you this morning, God. We thank you and we love you. Bless every listening hour, every listening voice this morning, God. Oh, God, bless us and bless our homes and bless our children. And we just said thank you. We love you and we praise you. Give your name all the honor, praises, and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. 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 This morning's this morning scriptures come from Proverbs eighteen. Proverbs eighteen verses one through twenty four. Through desire, a man, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. 
A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. When the wicked cometh, then cometh also contempt, and with ignominy reproach. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. It is not good to accept the word, the person of the wicked, to overthrow the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a waster. The name of the Lord is a strong power. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The rich man's wealth is his strong city, and as an high wall in his own conceit. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. A man's gift maketh room for him, and bringeth him before great men. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. The lot causeth contentions to cease and parteth between the mighty. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Mm-hmm. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and, yes. and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and obtaineth the favor of the Lord. The poor useth entreaties, but the rich answereth roughly. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen. Blessed word of the Lord. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Good morning's meditation. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Middle of the month time. Almost the end of the month already. Uh, uh, Again, you know, I'm always amazed the way God puts things together. Today's scripture reading goes pretty much... Uh, in conjunction with some of the verses that I have today. You know, when I was young, and uh, uh, when we all uh, probably all have uh, experienced this too, if you, you're going on a trip and the, and the kids are sitting in the back seat and uh, they ask you those four dreaded words, are we there yet? And of course, <laughs> you know, we're not there yet because we still have a long way to go. And uh, lo and behold, it's 20 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes less, we hear those four words again. And uh, we have to tell them, you know, we have to practice what? We have to practice patience. We have to wait. And that's what the Bible verses are today. And, and I think uh, if we listen to what James has to say to us and, and uh, glean from what he tells us to do with, through uh, God's word, I think uh, this time and age we have to uh, uh, you know, we could take this and apply this to our daily lives. I know I have to. Okay? I'm going to read from James chapter 1, verses 2 and through 4. It says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And especially in this day and age, we have to definitely be patient, uh, patient in what we do, patient in what's going on around us. You know, we look and say, when's this all going to be over? We know when it's going to be over, when God decides it's going to be over. Mm-hmm. And we have to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, wait, mm-hmm. wait on God, you know. Uh, we all pray and we all want things to happen and... and uh, uh, we have to wait on God's timing. God's timing is everything, and uh, and to learn when that is. You know, I, I've uh, you know, I know in my own life when I pray for things, I get results that uh, maybe I didn't expect, uh, maybe that I didn't want. But it's all again, there may be a trial that I'm going through, or or my family's going through, or or my friends are going through that's going to teach us something great. And, and something wonderful in, in our lives in uh, the way we uh, uh, face what we have to face and how we, uh, uh, I don't know, just have joy in our life every day. You know, we get up and we thank, thank God for another day, that our feet hit the ground, that we can be upright, and that we can uh, proclaim the word of God, especially on uh, this day, the Sabbath, when we get together and, and uh virtual church and, and express our, our love to God is in a corporate way. And uh, nothing can, uh, you know, that always gives me uh, uplifting feeling that I can face the rest of the week and make it to Wednesday when we gather again to have another uh, experience where we're uplifted through the fellowship of uh, uh, fellow believers. And, uh, and just get fed in God's word. And God's word always has something to say to us that's very relevant in what we what we do and what we face. And that's what we have to uh, 
rely on. We have to rely on God's word. You know, it's it's easy to say, well, what 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 can we do? You know, and go seek guidance. But if I th- if we seek guidance from the word of God, first of all, then we will have the right direction in which to take our lives and how to face the trials that we face. Because we will trace face trials. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but something will happen and we'll have to have to take a deep breath and, and say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. What are you doing with me? Why am I doing this? And what do you have in store? And then when you see the, the light at the, sort of speak, the end of the tunnel, that you can rejoice in, in what God has done for you. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we thank him for that. We thank him that, you know, he's given us our son. And we just thank you that we can go to the Bible and open it and read his word and give us the strength that we need to face um, our trials and that we may come out on the other side of those trials a lot better and a lot stronger in our faith in, in, in what we believe and in our faith of our fellow Christian believers. And, uh, you know, and I put stock in that. I, I know that I am uplifted many times by uh, fellow Christians that have prayed for me or just a word of encouragement, uh, and uh, and that means you know that means a lot. That means uh, that uh, I can face what, whatever it is, or or just uh, you know, uh, again, just opening the word of God and just reading to what He has to say to us, and, and how we face things in our future and in what we're going through. Because there always there is comfort in the word of God. We know that, and we put uh, I put stock in that, and I put my faith in that. Because God teaches us, that, Amen. you know, as long as we have faith, we will, but we will persevere and we will win because we know that Amen. Jesus has already won the battle for us. We just have to hold on to His coattails and ride with Him because the, the the end, the goal is greater than we have ever imagined. Amen to that, and Amen. 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 Amen, Amen. Amen to that. People of the internet, if you'll allow me a few moments here, this is kind of how I distinguish between what you're hearing and this particular platform. I don't like for it to seem like I'm just taking a recording and throwing it out to you. That's why we we have this little intermission here. They get uh, their time, the, the call persons, uh, where they can, you know, engage in conversation based upon what they are trying to uh, deal with, meaning we have issues and little programs or what have you that only reflects those individuals. But you, that stuff doesn't matter to you. So what matters to you? If you are not getting it, which uh, most of you may not be if you're listening to this, the weekly bulletin that comes out on Sundays, or excuse me, it's for Sunday, but it comes out on uh, Friday afternoons. It's in your inbox. You can email the first virtual church at gmail.com, put in the subject line, send me the bulletin, and we can make sure you get it. But in the front cover of this week's bulletin is an article or a reference to an article about why African-American people could potentially vote for Trump. And the thing that I mentioned earlier that uh, I would like to repeat here, if I can, is that 
a lot of the young folks that I deal with on a regular basis, they're tired. They're tired of this mindset, this I just got to sit down and wait mentality. They're ready to get up. They're ready to do it for themselves. They're ready to be focused on what they believe uh, their mission statement is. They're looking for independence. And what they believe about the current uh, potential challenger, well, I guess he's not a potential. He is a challenger at this point uh, to the president of the States United, is that he's an establishment figure. He's the guy that grandma and grandpa has, uh, or he's a part of the system that grandma and grandpa has just sat down and let do what they want to do for so long. And the young people are like, I'm not about that life. Now, I'm not here to argue politics. That's not political mindsets flip like the waves on the sea. I'm here to talk about the underlying fundamental fact of why the young distance themselves from the old. It's because A, we have this vicious cycle that continuously vexes our communities. Grandma grows up and she becomes the conqueror of her mom and then we have to conquer our moms after they conquered grandma. It's this vicious cycle that we can't seem to rid our world of. And I believe when I read, well, let me just say when I read that article, that's what spoke to me, is how do we end this vicious cycle? How do we put a, a stab in it? It's like, how do we redirect the mindset of our bloodline? is uh, a phrase that I heard uh, or took from a preacher a long time ago. And so I want to ask of you, if you will do me this favor, if you will consider in your heart when you're voting in just under, what, 75, 70 days, somewhere in there, almost two months away, that's about, you get it, yeah. If you would think about What is my fundamental belief system? What is it that differs me from my parents? If there is that problem, if it's not there, then I'm grateful that you are one of the people who have figured out how you and your parents can get along and share a fundamental principle, or should I say share fundamental principles and have a unified foundation. But for those of us who are not in that category, why? And what can we do to change that? That is the conversation that I would like to have with you. And hopefully, more importantly, you would like to have with yourself. If you, you know, have anything that kind of speaks to that, maybe you don't understand what I'm saying or it just doesn't make sense to you. Well, you can email me at ericdeshawnbarrett at gmail.com. I was trying to figure out if I was going to give you the church email or my personal one. I prefer to put this personal between you and me, right? Email me, put in the subject line, differing foundations, and I'll know what's going on. I know what that means. Awesome sauce, awesome sauce. Also, I would like to thank you for the platform by which you're listening. I ask right now that if you would, 
go ahead and uh, do what the platform has required of you, whether it's add, whether it's like, whether it's follow, whether it's subscribe. Therefore, you can be connected with these podcasts every time they go out and you can have your Sunday morning experience like we are. That would, in my view, be completely awesome sauce. So if you go ahead and do that, uh, maybe right now while I'm speaking, I'm sure it's easy to do, then it'll be already done. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. So Mama Bell is going to play and we're going to get our minds prepared to get ready to hear what we got to say. We're going to be in, what was it? Genesis chapter number 19. Is that right? You don't, I don't want to tell you a lie. So let me go ahead and uh, look it up and make sure that that is true. If you'll allow me a moment to go and find my notes, it's going to take me like two seconds to click over here and not click on the bulletin, but click on sermon notes. E- August. And there we are. Uh, and it loaded up very good. Yes, that was right. Genesis chapter 19, verse 15, 17, and 26. If you want to pinpoint that, my mama bell is playing. Awesome sauce. Praise the Lord. Beautiful. Amen. 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 Beautiful. 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 Am
sweet hour of prayer. Genesis chapter 19, 15, 17, and 26. I'm reading my favorite translation of Backslide Life, the Home and Christian Standard Bible. It says, at daybreak, the angels urged Lot, Get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. As soon as the angels got them outside, one of them said, Run. Don't look back. Run for your lives. Don't look back. And don't stop anywhere on the plain. Run to the mountain, or you will be swept away. But his wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. Today, I want to focus on the thought, run and don't look back. Run and don't look back. Now, Father, we ask that you would allow me to present your case today, that all listening both now and forever will hear what you are saying unto us without shadow or doubt. In Jesus' name we pray. And all said, Amen. 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 For centuries now, we have looked at the life and the legacy of Harriet Tubman. We viewed her in a certain way. The mainstream historians have painted a picture of Harriet Tubman that, dare I say, is somewhat one-sided. Oh, and Mary, Madam Tubman, as we know, was a wonderful abolitionist. She was a political activist. She was born into slavery and then escaped. We know that. We were told that Madam Tubman made some 13 missions to rescue approximately 70 enslaved people, including family and friends, 
using the network of safe houses we have come to understand as the Underground Railroad. Some other things we know. During the American Civil War, she served as an armed scout, spy for the Union Army. She was the first woman to lead an armed expedition in the war, guiding the raid of Combahee Ferry, which liberated more than 700 enslaved people. And finally, in her latter years, we know she settled into the state of New York. She started to begin the fight for women's suffrage and the struggle that just a few weeks ago we celebrated women's rights to be heard and even participate in our society. The biography of Harriet Tubman is super exciting, somewhat motivating. It paints a picture of perfection, explains the genesis of her story and its revelation, but omits a few chapters that make up the journey. The untold story of Harriet Tubman is a nasty one. When you look at the untold story, you realize she was a soulless fighter. She would shoot her own family because the end justifies the means. Many deep Negro scholars speak of the process to the Harriet Tubman abolitionary story. Harriet did not believe in playing nice. She did not allow second chances. Either one did it or they died. If one slipped up, one died. If one smelled funny, one died. It's safe to say Harriet Tubman did not follow the Christian code of ethics. There was no turn the other cheek. There was no hold. And let's see. It's either we go now or we die. Run and don't look back. There was one occasion a slave had agreed to escape with Madam Harriet. The story declares the slave got halfway through the Underground Railroad only to get cold feet. The slave was asked, what is wrong with you? The response was, I don't think I want to do this. Anybody ever started the journey and got scared? Hmm. Anybody ever got in a situation and you wanted to go back? Mm. 
course. I feel like it's my best interest, this slave person said, to return from where I came. Someone, dare I say, one of the abolitionary guidance counselors, you know, they had those back then. Of course they did. I just made it up. Uh, They tried to explain to the slave how going back was not an option. Uh, They said if I may continue to refer to this person as the abolitionary slave counselor or abolitionary guidance counselor because I like that term. It's true, you know. I made it up. The AGC, for short, just to make it official, you got to give it some initials, tried to school this slave to the fact. The slave was told of how his escape by now was already known. That the master was, uh, if he finds you, not going to have mercy, he said. As a matter of fact, he, the master, is going to make an example out of you. And then he's going to kill you. The slave was hearing nothing of that, for he believed at least what he had back yonder was better than what he's got now. The slave said, I'd rather die being persecuted than live and die trying. I'd rather die being persecuted than live trying. Say what? The counselor replied. But you are constantly called outside your name over there. So what? The slave replied, I'm steadily fed. But you are constantly told when you can go and how long you can stay and when you must return. So what? There's a roof over my head, the slave replied. The AGC, that that term sticking in now, I can remember myself, was puzzled. He said, why wouldn't you want to be free? The slaves responded, I know I'd go through a lot back at the house. But again, I tell you, at least I don't have to try. Some would rather stay poor. Because the risk of trying is so hard. Mm-hmm. Some start running, but they go back. Amen. Let me hasten on here because I feel like I'm waking up and I don't like that feeling. The Emancipation Proclamation 
Y'all help me go back to sleep. I appreciate you. <laughs> go ahead, preacher. The Emancipation Proclamation, or Proclamation 95, or as we know it today as an executive order, was issued by then President of these states, United Abraham Lincoln. The proclamation reads that on this first day of January in the year of our Lord, 1,863, they spelled it all out back then. I guess they, 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 they weren't bored. All persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state, the people whereof shall be in rebellion against the United States, shall then be this forward and forever free. Shall then and this forward be forever free. This proclamation, or as we would know them today as an executive order, changed the legal status under federal law of more than 3.5 million enslaved African Americans. They were set free. The law, even though signed in September, didn't take full effect until January 1 with a two-year-plus layover for Texas. You know, that's where we get Juneteenth from. But even with all that, some 25,000 to 75,000 slaves were immediately emancipated. The edict was as soon as a slave escaped the control of the Confederate government, either by running across Union lines or through the advancement of federal troops, the slave was permanently free. All they had to do is run and don't look back. Somebody say run. 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 Hallelujah. Help us. Not a nine other people say run. 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 And don't look back. Don't look back. Run and don't look back. Yet, out of the 3.5 million, some half a million, even though they had the opportunity, even though there was nothing that could be done to them, even when the Union soldiers were standing right in front of them and all they had to do was cross over the line, they chose to look back. I read a piece posted on a website known as The Atlantic. It was a letter written by a woman named Claire Davis. She speaks in her own way of her days in bondage and shockingly how much she longed for the old days of South Alabama. If you will allow me, I would like to read that letter just 
the way it was written. That letter says, white folks, you can have your automobiles, paved streets, and lights. You can have your buses and streetcars, hot pavement and tall buildings, because I ain't got no use for them anyway. I tell you what I do want. I want my old cotton bed and the moonlight shining through the willow trees and the cool grass under my feet while I run around catching lightning bugs. I want to feel the sway of the old wagon going down the red sky, the red dusty road and listening to the wheels groaning as they roll along. I want to sink my teeth in that old ash cake. White folks, I want to see the boats passing up and down the Alabama River and hear the slaves and hear the slaves singing at their work. I want to see the dawn break over the Black Ridge and the twilight settle over the place spreading an orange hue. I want to walk the path through the woods and see the rabbits and the birds and the frogs at night. But they took me away from all that long time ago. Weren't long before I married and had children. But don't none of them contribute to my support now. One of them was killed in the big war with Germans. And the rest is all scattered. All eight of them. Now I live from hand to mouth. Here one day, somewhere else the next. I guess we all going to die from this suppression. Don't let us alone. Maybe someday I'll go home. They tell me that when a person crosses over that river, the Lord gives them what he wants. I done told the Lord, I don't want nothing much, only my home. White folk, I don't think that much to ask for. I suppose he'll send me back there. I've been waiting a long time for him to call. The people that read that letter as it was posted, I read in the comments, there was a lot of young people down there that said, did she just ask to go back to being a slave? Who does that, they said. And there was one young man don't know who he was, can't tell you where he's from. But he said, sometimes you read the slave story and you said, we left hell and they put us in another kind of hell. What's the difference? What's the difference? It's amazing to me how many settle for the small hand of God. 
They do not recognize the true reality that the earth is the Lord. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yes, it Amen. is. <laughs> and the fullness thereof. Yeah. The world, somebody finish it. And they that dwell Uh-huh. University of Minnesota Medical School researcher Iris, we're just going to leave her there, Dr. Iris, and colleagues found that one in seven adolescents believe that it's hardly likely they will die before age 35. I just missed that by one year. And this belief predicts that adolescents would engage in risky behavior. This data collected by the National Longitudinal Study suggests that young people feel this way because of the environment by which they are introduced to. This study said that some 20,000 youth, grades 7 to 12, have already given up hope. They hold on to the past. They believe in life they were born into. They feel that the life by which they came in is the life by which they were destined to live. In that study, it was also young people who grew up in church. They asked the question, don't you believe in God? And the answer is, I believe that all you do is kill you if you don't live right. And I come to the conclusion that I can't do it, so I guess I'm just destined to die. Hmm. Well, let me present the case. Because the Bible does say over in Psalms 51 and 5, indeed, I was guilty. I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. And then it also reminds me that the wages of sin is death. But I'm sorry. I, in my latter years, I have come to understand the English language. And I've understood that a comma separates a sentence. And then there is a term afterwards. But, yet, that means that it contradicts the first statement. For the wages of sin is death, but, somebody said but. I was talking to a young person. He said, I like this young guy. Almost wanted to get him to preach, but you know, he got too much to do. And I looked at him and I was listening to him and, and he was speaking. And I thought about it. 
I thought about the conversation pieces that the enemy has inside of our head. I thought about what it does. I thought about how he would use Psalms 51 and 5 and use Romans 6.23, get part A in, and then leave the other part out. But all they hear is you dropped out of school. Yeah, that might have been a thing. But, yeah, I had a few babies out of wedlock. But, yeah, I got caught up in a few problems in these streets. But, yeah, I caught a few charges. But, is anybody hearing the but but me? But. But. There's always an effect. There's always an alternative. There's always an option. You know, I must go ahead and say this, and you know, I do a lot of this this here on Sunday morning. Uh, Some folks like to hold me to a certain standard. I wish you wouldn't, because I am not a perfect man. I still, in the words of Dr. Cornell Wetz, I'm just a redeemed man with gangster proclivities. You might not understand what proclivities mean, but you sure understand what gangster means. And this week, I will tell you the truth. I was so mad. I was mad, and I was talking to the ladies. I was leaving the meeting. She said, you were so mad at Jesus when he came in the room. You cussed at him, too. I said, I was that mad. Now, I know you got to be a real Christian to admit stuff like that. But I also know half the people who would criticize me don't go do the meetings that I take. They don't have to talk to the people I talk to. Most of the folks that would criticize me couldn't last five rooms in some of the meetings I have to stay in for hours. You can't sit and look people in the face who's supposed to be there to help you, and they look you square in the eye and tell you they don't care. Had a lady look me in the face, square in my eye, and told me I'm on vacation. I don't care if the city's on fire. That made me angry. Because there are so many people who need you and you ain't here. The person that we need is gone and you look me in my face. And I told them, I asked them a question. I said, if a plane flew into the Dominion Tower, there's 3,000 people that can be in that building at one time. And if that plane flew in that building and you was on vacation, what would you say? I'm on vacation. I deal with it when I get back. So please forgive me because I was so mad. Jesus might have came in the room and he would have found me cussing. But then again, I'm justified by that. 
Because when I look down and peel back the onion and get to the allergic induced section, I realize even Jesus got angry. Yep. He went into the temple and drove out the people. He said, you have turned my father's house into a den of thieves. Even he got angry. Yes, he did. So I don't claim to be perfect, and I'm not in many cases trying to use Jesus to justify. But I will say this. Can't nobody hold me to what I did yesterday. My brother, Owen Philippians, Brother Paul said, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind me. And I reach forward to what's ahead. I pursue my goal, my prize. Yes, I stumble a little bit. Yes, I get a little angry. Yes, sometimes I scratch my head, but I'm still pressing. Towards anybody still pressing. Press on. Press it on. Towards the mark of the, towards your goal. Anybody else still pressing? Yes. Press on. Let, let me finish here because my time is about gone. But then again, I'm the speaker today, so I can I can take my own time. That's um. I I want to conclude today with a little story about a lady you heard of her, but you don't really know of her. Her name is Joyce Reba Luttrell. That's the way she was born in Madison, Kentucky. She grew up in poverty during the Great Depression. At 12 years old, she became a born-again Christian and decided to make Christian music. She always loved country. She always liked to play with the guitar Tittle with other instruments. But at 12, she said, I want to take my gift and I want to use it for the Lord. That decision turned out to be pivotal. It caused her to have a problem with her daddy who gave her an ultimatum. Said either give up Christian music or you leave. So at 12, she left home. In 1950, at age 16, she met Buck Rambo, and they were married. And while they were traveling, Buck cheated on her several times. That led to her both filing for divorce twice and even attempting to take her own life. In 1987, now Dottie Rambo suffered a ruptured disc, which led to her being 
paralyzed in her left leg. She underwent a series of surgeries that eventually reinstated mobility, only to, in 1992, finally get separated after, again, her husband cheated on her. And in 1994, she was divorced. She got kicked out by her daddy. She had a husband that mistreated her and ran out on her. She was suffering from a ruptured disc in her body. She even thought to end it all. The devil tried to talk to her. The devil tried to remind her of her past. Tried to keep her thinking about what she had been through. Tried to prevent her from moving on. But she responded to the devil with these words. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that taught my liberty. I do not know just why he ever came to love me so. But he looked beyond. All my fault. Thank you, Jesus. Real. If you find yourself in a position not knowing this Lord Jesus that we refer to or just wanting to reconnect, I offer this prayer of salvation that you might repeat to yourself. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I am a sinner, but you died for me. Jesus Christ, I know you to be the Son of God. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. My lovely friends, again, I join you. And appreciation. I hope that today you have received some sort of insight. I hope that today's conversation, today's service for that matter, will elevate you, will advance your consciousness, your mindset, that you'll be able to move forward as productive citizens. I hope that today's conversation might have done something to realign those fundamentals to fix the cracks in that foundation or even begin the process to repour a whole new foundation one that will keep you your family and everyone that you find yourself connected with on the same page again if anything spoke to you please do me a favor email me eric deshaun barrett at gmail.com if you just go ahead and do that you might have sent an email earlier and I don't remember what that email was 
So if you put in the subject line foundational issues, then I will know what it is. Or just do this. Put in the email subject, run, and don't look back. Therefore, I will know that you're speaking about what you learned from this message. And that would be awesome sauce. So as we prepare to remove ourselves from each other's presence right now, we're going to uh, move way for Reverend Javis to give us the blessing, which I will ask that you would just quietly listen to and pray with yourself as we prepare to enter a new week. I'll see you on Wednesday when we do this again. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. Receive now the benediction to the one who is able to protect you from fall and to present you blameless and rejoicing before his glorious presence. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, belong glory, majesty, power, and authority for all time, now and forever. Amen. 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 Have a blessed week.